Welcome to the Lifestyle PT Wellness Spotlight. Our goal is to connect you with local businesses and to assist you in living your best life. Now introducing your host, Dr. Karen Schuler. Thank you for joining us again. We've been speaking with Mary Honchuk, who is an Ayurvedic health counselor. So let's just jump back in with how many sessions does an individual need in order to create this balance? So I uh, prefer doing four appointments. When I first start working with a client, especially with clients um, aren't familiar with a lot of the Ayurvedic tools and habit pattern changes, just like we were talking about before the podcast, um, habits are a difficult thing to work with because we've gotten very used to our habits, whether they're balancing or imbalancing. And so you need some extra support when you're moving that needle, that habit pattern from a very well-established habit to something brand new. So I usually find that if I'm doing a four session uh, consult, it works better. So the first session is the interview and I already am prepared to make adjustments or already prepared to make uh, some suggestions at that first interview. Um, the second, I try to do a couple weeks after so that I can see, because there's going to be obstacles. And I think that this is one of the biggest differences is in order to change your habit patterns, you're going to meet obstacles. You just are. That means you're doing good work. Actually, if somebody comes in and they have met no obstacles, I know they're either lying <laughs> or <laughs> these really weren't habit pattern changes for them because you're going to meet obstacles. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what you, how, what you couldn't do, because that's, what's going to lead me into finding a way for something to work with you. So, um, so I'm looking for where the obstacles were and with this client, uh, she tried that relaxation once or twice, but felt really weird lying down in the middle of the day. And I knew she was going to have problems with this one, because how can you take a very uh, type A person bonded to her sympathetic nervous response and tell her to lie down and put a blanket on and listen to a 25 minute guided relaxation at 10 a.m.? So I had a feeling that this was going to be her obstacle but I really didn't care. I wanted her to experience it because yoga Ayurveda is not something that you can read about and it worked for you. The only way this stuff works for you is for you to do it, mm -hmm. fail or succeed, and then iterate it and then fail or succeed and then iterate it. I mean, that's how we work. Um, and so my wellness plans for myself are considerably different than they were 15 years ago. And I've been continuously working. Some parts are better. Some parts are worse. I'm changed. So it's this continuous redoing of what your wellness plan is. Um, so just like in life, we learn through failure. Correct. And that's exactly you learn from failure and then you work with that. And why did you fail? And, and, and do we keep hitting our heads with this wall or do we shift and move around it, you know, find the crack and move around it. Um, so she had had the problem with uh, laying down, but she had moved. She was eating a meal time, uh, midday meal, and she was prepping for her family's dinner and she was moving that dinner time up and she'd gotten a 
couple walks in with her husband. They liked doing that. It wasn't an everyday thing, but at least it was several times a week. So most all the other changes were, were okay for her because I knew since she was cooking that I could tie a bunch to cooking because she was already cooking. You know, it's when um, I, it's not as successful when somebody says, oh, I never cook. Then I know that that's going to be an obstacle for him, but she was already cooking. Um, so to find a new way to cook, especially if it was labeled healthy, was easy for her. Laying down, not so much. So what we did was um, I just told her it takes time, you know, and this is the hard part is nothing's immediate. It takes 40 days to insert a new habit. It takes 100 days to have that habit take momentum. So we always say that a wellness plan, you have to give it a quarter of your life, a quarter of a quarter of your life. That would be a statement. <laughs> well, that'd be a hard I'm one. It's like, a child. Get there. <laughs> it's like you're having a new child. No, a quarter of a year. So about three months to really see if what we're doing is having a positive effect on you. It just takes that long, you know? Um, so I reemphasized the guided meditation. I wasn't going to get off that quite yet. I was going to push her a little bit more in that. Um, and I got a one year or one year, I'm going way out a one month commitment on her to really try it one month. Give me one month to really try this laying down at 10 AM before you say no. But I added, um, because a psoriasis was going to take a while. So she needed to do something more to feel like this was going to work for. So I suggested a nighttime bath and body oiling. Now in Ayurveda, we oil our whole bodies, which is a, can be before you get used to it, kind of a, a momentous event. You're very greasy and you have to have like greasy pajamas and you have to have a spot that you stand and you can't clog up the drains or your husband's going to yell at you. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there, but so we started with like a bath and oiling in the bath. Um, and then I sent her back off again. Um, so third appointment happened after the one month commitment. So we did a one month commitment and then the third appointment and uh, the check-in on the third appointment was um, still using the midday meal. Um, she was feeling less anxious, a little bit more energetic. She could rate her midday meal higher than a six, not always, but there were higher numbers than sixes. So, you know, we're two months in to the process now, and there's small changes like that sense of always having to do something had subsided a little bit. Um, the psoriasis wasn't getting worse, but it really wasn't getting any better either. Um, so what I did was because that midday relaxation was not going to work, she just couldn't do it. I added a short evening, like a 10 minute evening relaxation before she went to bed. So if I couldn't drive her to a parasympathetic region for the midday meal, let me drive her to the parasympathetic response before she goes to bed, because then you can rest easier. Um, I emphasized the weekly bath and I put to oiling before she went to bed, I changed the oiling to feet and hands. Um, and that's much more easy. It's easier to manage or um, feet, hands, and face is easier than your whole body oiling. Uh, but again, that oiling action drives a person to their parasympathetic response. 
So, so that, that wasn't just for the skin. That was to help to well to me drive the parasympathetic. Correct. Because to me, the psoriasis is the nervous response. It is because she has driven herself into the par or into the sympathetic region for decades. She's perimenopausal now and has a much smaller reservoir of hormones to draw from. And so what she's doing is she's running dry on her resources and it comes out in her skin. So what I'm trying to do is have her not pull from those resources as often, let them accumulate, and then her skin will slowly start getting better. So I'm not really treating the psoriasis. I'm treating her response to the world <laughs> just to take a little chip off of it. <laughs> So I'm trying to have her be calmer, but nobody can say, oh, just be calm, calm down. Cause that works. Right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so instead we oil, we bathe, we do guided relaxations. We try to stop and enjoy a meal. Um, these are all of the things that we try to work when really we're just working with our general response to the world around us. Because Ayurveda says, what is in the world around us is in us. And look at our world right now. It's very agitated. So it's very, very easy to be very, very agitated right now. You know? But what you're saying is, even if the world around you is in chaos and agitated, you can train your nervous system to find that calm. Yes, very, very much so. And in fact, one of the primary tenets in yoga is this... Um, something called pratyahara, but it is the essentially separating yourself from the world around you so that you can be in a calmer state, not saying you're separate all the time, but you have this place to go to, to be separate. But the problem is, is if you've never felt that you don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And we've never been trained. We, we train in the sympathetic response all of the time, sports, mm -hmm. everything trains us in the sympathetic response. No one ever trains us into the parasympathetic response. So it's becoming the non natural place to be, even though the human was designed to live there, we were designed to live most of our life in the parasympathetic nervous system, but now we don't. And so things go awry when we don't live there most of the time. And, and even I find that to be a very strange thought process to spend most of our day in the parasympathetic, because Why? it's almost like if we're not in the sympathetic, if you're not fighting, if you're not, you know, constantly pushing yourself, you're going to not succeed. You're right. going to fall behind. But what you're saying is you actually will be more successful you have more energy, more reserves if you spend more time in the parasympathetic. Yes. Well, uh, Ayurveda also talks about there's different, as there are different times of the day to do things, there's different seasons to do things, the seasons in the outside world and our seasons, like um, from about age zero to early twenties is the time that we grow right? Our bodies grow, our minds grow, our minds go through three different transitions, typically by the time we're 25. Um, so we're in that growing stage from 25 to 50. We're in what they call the householder stage where you succeed, where you have children, where you have a career, whether you're, you're making a success of your life, but from 50 on 50 to 75 is called a forest dweller, where you're still in the world, 
but you're drawing away from it. You're there to give advice. You're there to see the bigger picture. Um, and then from 75 on is sort of you're sublimating into the next stage. We don't do those anymore. So therefore, this desire to succeed in your 50s, especially for women, can be a huge physical drain. So if you've never developed a connection to the parasympathetic region, you're going to start to feel physical problems when you hit perimenopause, because you're, you've been dipping into these extra resources, the resources that said, Hey, you can have a baby if you want, but we've been pulling from them because we want to succeed. We want to be the best. We want to develop. So we've been pulling from these resources in a very unbalanced state. Well, then the resource shrinks, then we start to get physical symptoms. So it would be great if during a period of time, we were taught how to access our parasympathetic system, then we would, could succeed, strive, push without it being detrimental to our bodies. So uh, that that's, I think, very good information. That's really hard when you're young. <laughs> yeah. Understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that I'm 52, I get it. And, 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 and people hear me say often, dear younger me, <laughs> correct. Get more sleep, have more balance in your life, sit down and eat that lunch. Don't wolf it down, go outside, get a little sunshine, you know, all those things. Right. Um, and I think that's probably the hurdle is when you have those, you don't realize you're tapping into your reserves until you get to your fifties and, and they're depleted. <laughs> correct. <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. Uh, yes. If you would have told the, you know, uh, 20, the Air Force Academy girl that I, if I meditated now, I could, you know, no, that that's not going to work, but it's almost the idea of it. But what you could have, and what I often do with younger people now, it's in fact, my best people, when I would do a yoga nedra session, like a 30 minute lay down on the yoga fl room floor was teenagers. Oh my God, they love it. They don't want to do warrior one, warrior two. When they come in, they're like, can we lay down and get blankets? And they all lay down and get blankets. And I'll even do like 45 minute session with them and they love it. So if we taught them that too was okay, you know, yeah, maybe that just it's okay maybe. to take that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of you're lazy coming in taking a nap after school every day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Very much so. And, and, and two, and exactly, that is a very good example of how often I see um, we're touting take care of yourself, self care regimes. And there always is woman in her bath with her candles and the nice music. There's ways to do it that are much more productive, just as you said, um, as opposed to staying on your phone or dropping into a nap to relax, to do a guided relaxation is a much more productive thing because if they're designed well, they're designed to put you in frequencies. We have uh, five running frequencies of the brain. We don't spend much in one of them because they're like intense focus. And we typically vacillate in between two. By the time we're in our thirties, we've really lost the deep rest frequency, we've really lost it because we haven't touched into it very much. So a good guided relaxation vacillates you between consciousness and deep rest, consciousness and deep rest so that the mind goes, Oh, I remember you. I used to do that every night when I slept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to give her before she went to sleep this 10 minute, uh, in training the brain 
so that it relaxed and then fell asleep. It's very powerful to relax and then fall asleep versus just trying to fall asleep desperately and going nowhere with it. So, so how did your person that we've been kind of following through this session, how did, how did she do with all of this? Um, like I said, she was best. The fourth session ended up being um, almost really a cooking workshop because she was really into that. But what I always say is if I can get one new habit in somebody, just one, and it works and it makes them feel better, the rest will follow, you know, and it made her feel better. She had one meal that she enjoyed eating. That's big, you know? So it was a cooking workshop and I asked her to, to keep leaning in to some form of guided relaxation in some sort of way, multiple times a week. But again, she felt better because of eating warm foods, eating foods with six tastes. And we did some more Western recipes with six tastes versus um, in my household, I love Indian-isk food. Um, the rest of my household asked me why everything's so yellow all the time. So I've had to turn <laughs> the six tastes into more um, Western and, and it's easy. It's not a, it's not a big deal. It's just Western food doesn't really have much, um, astringency and bitter. We have a lot of pungent, you know, and we have way lots of sweet, sour, salty. You mm -hmm. just have to learn how to get your bitter and astringent in there. Uh, astringent would be beans is a good astringent. I mean, that's not the only astringent. Some apples are astringent. This time of the year, really good apple season. It actually pulls some different toxins out of your body this time of the year. Um, bitter, you know, bitter greens, even uh, bitter digestifs work very nicely. So that she really liked. And so I go with that. I go with what somebody clicks with. Um, my stepdaughter, my stepdaughter has Crohn's and she was living with her mother, still teenager. So what are you going to get in them? Right. But I, um, one of the things I gave her was, uh, scraping her tongue. It was the only one that stuck and it stuck because she would scrape her tongue and then she would come down to have her breakfast. And she really liked her breakfast. She could taste her breakfast because before all she did was just taste the bad digestion of the night. So from 16 on, she's been scraping her tongue daily. So that's the doorway that opens. You're like, wow, these weird habits that this woman wants to give me, <laughs> some of them actually work. <laughs> and that's called a landing zone. So we try to find people's landing zones for information. Like it, it's, if you've already been close to someplace, it's way easier to take in the information than if you've been nowhere near it, you know, so that if I can connect on to somebody cooks, somebody exercises regularly. Well, then um, what my other girl just brought home a friend who has, you know, an over-exercising eating disorder kind of thing. I gave her one belly exercise. It's actually a breath technique, but I knew she would do it because it was core work. I said, do it 30 seconds every time you exercise. And really in yogic terms, what I'm trying to do is tap into her own inner intelligence there, but to her, it's core work. And I told her, I'm like, I'm trying to tap into your own intelligence so that you feel good in your own body, not having anybody tell you. And so she's, she promised she'd do it until Christmas. So I'm like, okay. 
And in fact, I got a text from her. I did your exercise today. (laughs) So if you can attach it to an already, a habit that's already there, then you're more likely to be successful with it. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Well, and we've kind of gone through, I know we've talked about women in perimenopause and, you know, but this is for everyone though, right? It's not just for your older woman. It's not for your younger, it's for men and women. And no matter what age, you know, bracket you're in or whether you're an athlete or, or somebody that just likes to take, you know, a stroll in the evening. Correct. Uh, One of my teachers is uh, an Ironman uh, competitor. And his famous story was when he's very type A, you know, but he's very funny. Um, And his favorite story is he was always mm, second tier. I mean, he was still very competitive, but he could never make his peak times ever. And he was also working because he was a very early adapter to Ayurveda in the, in the health industry. And one of his teachers Uh, He was asking his teacher, how can he perform better? How can he perform better? And his teacher was this old yoga guy who had no idea what Ironmans were. It's just this, you know, uh, John Dooliard was insisting upon getting an answer. And so the teacher said, "Um, do you fall asleep when you meditate? And he hangs his head low and says, yes, I do fall asleep when I meditate. He goes, when you don't fall asleep anymore, you'll get better times. Mm -hmm. And What it was is he learned when he was stressing himself out because essentially him sitting and closing his eyes, his body said he was was exhausted. So he would just crash. And when he learned how to work his exercise into the parasympathetic zone versus always pushing himself into the sympathetic region, he could sit and he could meditate because he wasn't exhausted anymore. So he had much better times in his fifties than he did in many earlier stages of his life, because he had learned how that always pushing yourself doesn't get you where you need to go some of the time. And I think that's a, that's a good point, not only from a physical performance standpoint, but like we were talking about in the beginning and succeeding in life and business, because that, that is the message that I think we <clears throat> send in our world today is that you just got to keep working. You got to keep going. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful, whether it's exercise. All, you know, you kind of get the right. feeling, well, I need exercise all day long so I can lose weight and I can, you know, perform at my best. But sometimes it's taking that break, you know, that actually helps you to perform at your best. Right. And, and also when you're in the break, paying, paying attention, because if you, I don't know, binge watch Netflix, you have a a random two days off and all you've done is binge watch Netflix versus you're really exhausted. And Mm -hmm. so to recognize your patterns enough to be conscious and recognize your patterns enough that you understand that. And maybe that's what you needed to do was just sit and zone for two days, but then you have to backtrack it. What am I doing in my life that causes me to be so exhausted and is it required and can I do it different? So many of the first stages of Ayurvedic training was in observation of our, of our own habit patterns and what the end result was rating your meal, rating your day, rating your job. And understanding uh, how you reacted to it and what it was giving you. 
and, and trying to find and manipulate a balance. It's not good. It's not bad. It can just be too much or sometimes too little, but most of us, it's too much. You know, what are we doing too much of and sort of why are we doing too much of that? Again, it go back to making the woman try to lie down at 10 a.m., which seems completely ridiculous because she was hyper and always working, but that's exactly what she needed. And I drove her to that first and then gave her some other things to do when she didn't do that well. So I knew she might do the other things because <laughs> she felt bad that she couldn't lay down at 10 a.m. <laughs> so, if you know, as we go into the end of the year, Basically, if everyone does kind of a self audit, you know, to kind of see where your life from what I'm hearing you say is find where you're out of balance, yes. you know, that you're maybe doing too much of. Right. And like you, I, I liked what you just said and, and why, you know, whether it's you're sleeping all the time or you're running and going all the time. I mean, it can right. be the, the, the different extremes. Um, <clears throat> and what's what's one thing? that people could do just to kind of help them, you know, just to start to, to seek that balance. Um, the, the, our nervous system is autonomic, meaning it works automatically. Thank goodness. Cause would you want to be in charge of your heartbeat? You know, you could get involved in something and forget to beat your heart. You'd be <laughs> kind of in a world of hurt, but the one bridge we have that consistent bridge to our autonomic system is our breath. So that breath is automatic, but breath can also be conscious. And we use the breath in multiple different ways. But the easiest thing to do is just pause. You could take a three minute break. Um, and I have a bunch of audio files for a three minute break, sit in a chair, close your eyes and focus on completely filling your lungs. We, we call it the three-part breath, where you begin to fill your lungs from the bottom, the middle, the top, as you exhale from the top, the middle, the lower, and then use your belly and get out that extra bit of air at the lower and at the top, get that extra little air on the inhale. And what you're doing is you're just exchanging a lot of stale air and you're spending three minutes focusing on slow breathing through the nose. And that's how you tell your body, switch into the parasympathetic, switch into the parasympathetic. Everything is well. We have this large nerve that runs through us called the vagus nerve. And it is the all is well bell in the body. It goes and it draws the body back into that rest and digest stage. So you have to find a way to talk to that vagus nerve. And that's through your breath, slow, even breath, through the nose. I love it. That that's just something that we all can do, you know, right. and, and, and put you back in control. So for those of us who like to be in control, um, that's a great way for you to kind of recenter yourself and to find that control. And we know the holidays and all can bring a lot of chaos and anxiety sure. and, you sure. know, places in that sympathetic. So well, Mary, all of this has been very, very good. I want to kind of summarize, you know, here at the end. So if somebody is um, wanting to do, you know, some health coaching with you, it sounds like, you know, the commitment level is, is at least four visits to get the most out of it. it it's preferred because there's just a lot of information to get out in, in less than four, you know, it's just, you know, it can be, yeah, four is the preferred. 
but we can always work around that a little bit. And I'm also hearing you say it's very much tailored to the individual person. You know, I love your case uh, study that you gave us and that really what you picked out of everything that was going on. I mean, she had physical things going on. It was dissatisfaction mm-hmm. and, and not feeling accomplished, you know, during the day. And so that, that I find that very interesting that that was kind of the main thing that you focus on, but then began uh, to create a lot of life changes around that. Right. Right. Well, just the idea of, and and, and I, I get it because we all go through that. If nothing you do throughout your day gives you that sense of satisfaction, it, it begins to chew at you, you know, mm-hmm. it, things start. So it's creating a satisfied to be supported in your own satisfaction is very nourishing. Well, hopefully this has given everybody some good nuggets to kind of finish out 2021. But, um, and Mary is our yoga instructor now, Lifestyle Physical Therapy. We are going to be bringing that back, um, you know, at the first of the year. And um, Mary and I are also talking about doing some workshops because there's so much more into Ayurveda than what we've covered today. Um, And we can get into some of the deeper aspects of, um, of how you can seek wellness through this process. So be on the lookout for some workshops from us. Um, But also, Mary, I mean, people can contact you individually. Um, Can you give us your contact information? Sure. Um, Again, my name is Mary Hunchak, and my email address makes it easy. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y dot Hunchak, H-O-N-C-H-O-C-K at gmail.com. Um, that's usually the best because uh, I still fly for a living. So my phone is intermittently on and off, but I do check my emails every day. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that's just cool. Mary is a pilot. And uh, and I do find it interesting that you began to talk about balance with um, within the Air Force because I wouldn't have thought that either. <laughs> that well, they talk started. about it with a much different goal in mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's got a much different goal. They did not care about my satisfaction rating on. <laughs> you didn't, and I'm sure you didn't taste that meal, at least in the beginning, very much. No, <laughs> they were trying to shove 4,000 calories down us a day at the academy. I mean, oh, for wow. a young, well, for a young male. Yeah, that didn't work out too well for us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mary, thank you so much for being here. Um, I do foresee us having more conversations in the future. This has been very good, and I hope everybody got um, some good nuggets out of it. But again, if you want more information, contact us. Um, I believe we're going to try to do a link as well on how to do breath um, and one of the information areas of the podcast. So look for that. But um, until next time, we hope everybody will be well. And uh Have a great end of 2021. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Lifestyle Physical Therapy, LLC, and on Instagram and Twitter at LifestylePT2. Until next time, stay connected and be well.